Welcome back to Mortals and Portals, a Pathfinder real play podcast. I'm your host and GM, Zach, and joining me at the table is... Adam, and I play Jules and Azarketty Bard. I'm Joel, and I play Dax, a kobold rogue. Ryan, I am tough and automaton inventor. Taryn and I play Waltz, a human champion. Dang, I can tell you guys are fired up right now with these... Uh, we are so, so excited. Yeah, let's yeah, do this. We are yeah. fired up. Hey, last time Immortals and Portals, uh, the party made their plan. They had some some breakfast, some coffee, you know, met up with some people from Karos, started hashing out what they're going to do. They went through all this loot that they got in this super awesome supply crate of the GM realizing he hasn't given them any items and dumping them on them all at once, really, is what that is. Heck yeah. So yeah, they have a plan. We don't really know what it is, per se, because they leaned in and whispered it, so you guys aren't in on that, but I'm sure you'll find out soon enough. And then they went out and fired the flare into the air because they want to attract Sindor and just fight him at Digsby's Orchard. And that's exactly where we ended our session. Um, so that's where we're going to start our session. That might have been the fastest recap you've ever done since no, I just episode wanna, I just want to play, man. I just want to play. <laughs> I'm excited. Yep. So yeah, the four of you just fired the flare into the air. So what do you guys do? So uh, how long do you think before Sindor shows up? Uh, he... He doesn't have a drake, and he doesn't know where we are, so I think we've got plenty of time. Do I? What do I see? Do I see a barn or anything around me, Zach? Yeah, there's a there's a barn that you've noticed when you came in where the horses were, which are being taken out by Ira and all the other soldiers. Waltz is just going to walk in there and sit down. I'll follow along and maybe pull out my my new sword that you know has the new striking rune and and everything on it, and just kind of fidget with it, play with it, just kind of take it in. While I'm heading to the barn with Waltz. So, uh, Dax, how did you end up getting the Arcanor? Well, Waltz, I, uh, I ended up going through the roof of that building. Uh, got a little singed from it, but I think it was about the only way I was going to get in there. And, you know, there were, uh, it wasn't quite what I expected. Ended up being some kind of weird swamp in that building. Uh, lots of weird critters around, but thanks to you, I got out. So, you know, no harm, no foul, right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's kind of weird that uh, out of all the environments to choose to, Put inside a castle like that, he chose a, a swamp. Your guys' conversation kind of carries you into the barn, and you look over your shoulder and see Tough and Jules. Tough. Yeah, Jules. Uh, Jules is kind of looking off just in the sky a little bit, just going over everything. And uh, I'll say, Tough, do, do you think this will work? <laughs> it's my plan. Of course it'll work. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Yeah, speaking of, what do you say we take care of step one right now? Jules will notice. Dax and Waltz in the barn, and he'll say, looks like they've already started. I appreciate the proactiveness, but uh, what do you say we get set up first? And I walk over to the table, and I set something on it. Jules will sit down, take out his trident, <laughs> kind of go over the, the rune that he just added to it. Maybe maybe toss it up in the air a little bit and see if it comes back. Yeah, so you, you raise it over your shoulder, check the weight of it. And then give it a spear-like throw across the barn yeah. and it stabs into one of the posts holding up some of the stables. And then you reach your hand out and you see the trident start to tremble and rip out of the post and retract awesome. back to your hand and you firmly Love snap it. your grip around it. <laughs> Whoa, awesome. Can you uh, throw that at Walt so I can practice my healing bullets too? Ah, uh, maybe later. Boys, I kind of wish Geldy was here to see this. See what smart Alec comment he has now. Geldier. Uh, we'll tell you about him later. Uh, yeah, yeah. I assume Geldir, Geldir might be dead by this point. Uh, 
I don't know if I told you guys, but uh, I ended up fighting him to be the leader of the Drake Knights. Yeah, you mentioned that. It was uh, it was kind of crazy. At first, I had to uh, fight this really giant guy named Boric. Uh, he was part boar, I think, and uh, part human. He was uh, he was pretty big. He uh, almost killed me. And uh, you know, when I finally thought I was all done with the fighting, Geldir just burst through the gates and says, "Hey, listen, let me take a crack at this guy." And so then I had to fight him. But, uh, you know, we've been through a lot with that guy, so I didn't really want to kill him. But I did break his nose again and then threw him in jail. There it is. Ah, good. Yeah. Yes. Glad to hear it. Well done, Maltz. Man, oh, you must have you. gone through the gauntlet with that. Dax, as you're uh, kind of laughing about Geldir and maybe have a bittersweet feeling about him in a way, you're scanning around the barn and you're looking at the device that Tuff just set down earlier. But then you notice something next to it, kind of as Waltz and Jules and tougher talking start to walk over to it as it catches your eye and you see a book laying on the same workbench and you read the title of this book and it's called time to grow the life lessons of an orchardist by digsby (laughs) take it if you don't i will i'll kind of cock my head at the book not quite believing what i'm seeing at first i guess and then i i'll walk up to it and pick it up you pick up this book, and you can tell it's handwritten, incomplete. You see a lot of blank pages in the back. Kind of flipping through it, you can see it's a rough draft, a working edit. You know, lots of lines, scribbles through things. But there seems to be a lot of short stories and tales from hmm. the life of Digsby and some of his life lessons. You kind of flip through some of the pages and stop on a story, and you read the first couple lines, and you feel compelled to share it with the group. Daxel turn around looking to the rest of the group and kind of lift up the book, gesture it at him. Hey guys, uh, Digsby left a book here. What? Come check this out. I'll, uh, I'll walk over. Huh? I'm kind of in the middle of something. And Tuff will be kicking some hay, uh, over near the entrance. I'll sit down closer to Dax. As they gather around, I will start reading. So as Dax reads this, you all can't help but hear it in Digsby's voice. So you may have heard me say, I've never produced a bad apple, which isn't uh, entirely true. You see, those greedy Drake Knights uh, come by once a month and take a bushel of my apples as some sort of toll, just as they do to my friends in Karos. It's just not right. But what are we to do to resist? Well... I devised a scheme to produce some bad apples. (laughs) Not many, of course, for my plan required subtlety. If I placed one bad apple in a perfectly good bushel, then gave it to the Drake Knights, it would spoil the entire bunch, you see. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't notice at first, not when there's only one rotten apple. Then, when they finally decided to eat from the infested bag, they would... Perhaps get a stomachache. <laughs> if enough Drake Knights got this stomachache, then perhaps we could finally overthrow them. Unfortunately, after some minor tummy troubles, they figured out my scheme and they doubled my toll. Still, I'm glad I tried, because you should never stand by and allow such tyranny to be inflicted on good people. Not when there's something you can do about it. I miss him. Man, he really had a heart of gold, didn't he? He truly did. Yeah, I wish he could uh, see us now. Dax will kind of have a pang in his chest as he thinks about how Digsby, just this elderly orchardist who still had the 
the bravery and the gumption to do what he could against tyranny, I guess, to stop it. And it will remind Dax of back home on Dracus, um, the dragon Theragoon, who stayed behind and didn't abandon their kobolds. And Dax will kind of get filled with some sort of sense of bravery, a renewed sense of drive to to face and or to face tyranny as he thinks about the great examples that Digsby and Theragoon and and I mean the rest of the the rest of the crew jewels and Waltz included. Dude, hinting at some of that dragon lore from Dracus. More on that later, I'm sure. And <laughs> this is a a bit of a magic item for you guys. Once per day you can read one of Digsby's tales and you'll what? all receive one D four temporary hit points. Let's go, Digsby! Which is three hit points this time. Thank you, Digsby! Oh, yeah, and you all get hero points. Wow! All right, and as you guys are talking and just reflecting on this tale from Digsby, giving the Drake Knights tummy troubles, uh, watching Tuff kick some hay on some mysterious item, you hear some thunder rumbling in the distance and Jules and Tuff. It instantly makes you think of the thunder that rumbled when you flew past Sindor emerging from the rubble. And as you look to the sky, you see off in the distance an ominous green glow accompanied by dark clouds heading towards the orchard. You know, I've been wondering, has has anyone seen Benjamin? Who? Oh. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, I didn't see him. Waltz, did you see him? No, yeah, didn't make his way out. I figured you being by the coast, I probably had the best chance. Yeah, wouldn't you have seen him out there? Last I saw him was in Karos, and he gave us the flare and told us, uh, if we came into trouble with Drake Knights, we'd just shoot it up in the air, and, and he'd set off and lure the Drake Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, we just no. shot it, didn't oh. we? <laughs> Do you think he's gone? Your friend just took off into the middle of the ocean. <laughs> ah. Well, uh, maybe he could show up and uh, help us out whenever he gets here. What's he going to do? Sail his ship on land? Hey, listen, I don't know if he has the capabilities to sail out on the sea and he's got a flare gun. Maybe he's got some other tricks. Walt, I think he. I think his point was to leave when we shot the flare, not come to us. Well, he's going to make it a lot further than he thought. Hey, maybe if he's lucky, he'll get all the way out of here, and maybe that's not the worst thing. I suppose that's true. Man, I don't even know the guy, but that is hilarious. Oh, he's a great, he's a, he is, yeah, he is a guy. He's a guy, indeed. He, He is a guy. He exists. The dark clouds have now overtaken the orchard, blotting out the sun and a steep hill that oversees the orchard clustered with trees you see emerging from it Sindor his body fractured glowing green energy leaking out of these many cuts splinters gashes in his wooden frame he looks extremely unstable filled with power it almost looks like he cannot control or sustain but he freezes on the hill Scanning the orchard, exhales, and stepping on all sides of his shoulders are the remaining loyal Drake Knights, drawing their swords, readying their bows. Fleshies climb out of the trees, 
same ones you guys fought in your camp when he first appeared. Those pesky gliding leshies also emerging on other sides of him are grotesque giant centipedes. Something Dax would assume was lurking in the swampy biome back in Scale Keep. No doubt creatures he's called upon to aid him in his fight. Also emerging giant lizards crawling over fallen trees, rocks slithering next to him. Other grotesque creatures. Sindor looks to his small army. Looks to a very formidable, strong-looking orc, Drake Knight, wearing a now lifeless-looking orange scale on his armor. No doubt the captain of Gainmar, the desert region you never went to. He looks at him and says, Find them. And he nods and starts to descend the hill, accompanied by some Drake Knights, into the orchard. Tough. Did I see you brought some coffee? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I did. But it's my last pack, all right? There's no better time than now. I haven't had it since Garos. And admittedly, I didn't really like it back then. But, you know, I better drink it now or I may never get to again, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And Tuff will walk over to the table, pull out sort of a brewing kit, maybe, and start brewing the coffee. But somebody's got to go find some more hay then and finish my job. I'm on it. Hey, Jules, with that new trident, how, how does that work? Do you just snap your fingers and it comes back? Do you just grunt really hard? How, how does it actually come back to you? Well, uh, the best I could describe it is uh, like a connection with the trident itself. Uh, it's like uh, yearning for a lost love, calling out to them and seeing them returned. And I'll put my hand on his shoulder and uh, smirk and shake my head at him like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Walt, grab a few of those mugs, will ya? Yeah, no problem. So, uh, Jules, what was it like to be uh, part of a uh, pirate crew again for a brief time? Uh, just like putting on an old eye patch. Right. Killing it you with know, the analogies people obviously. won't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And you think of Hansel with his no eyes and his <laughs> eye patch. <laughs> As you all chuckle about Jules's hard-to-understand analogy... <laughs> the Drake Knights sent into the orchard key in on this barn as they hear some chatter and laughter. The orc captain looks to his subordinates, giving a silent gesture with his hands, telling them to fan out and approach the windows and doors of this barn as they creep towards it. Hey, well, let's hold those mugs still, all right? I'm going to pour it now. All right. I said still. Hey, these are still. You're you're the one shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. And I reach into my forearm and turn it down a little gizmo. All right, there we go. It's steadier. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what, uh, what does that little dial do? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Sindor will know soon enough if you catch my drift. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, just watch me during the battle. All right. Yeah. Boys, if I may. I'd like to make a toast. Waltz will hand out All the right. mugs to everybody. Jules will raise his mug to the center of the table. To those here. The Drake Knights creep up to the barn, placing their backs against the wall, preparing to jump in through the windows, awaiting 
their captain's commands. To those we've lost that still remain to ignite our courage. The captain takes note of his Drake Knights, sees they're all in position as he listens in on the chatter of Digsby's crew. He grips his blade tightly, looks to all of his soldiers, and gives them a nod. And to those onion-eyed miscreants who've got what's coming to them. Here, here. <laughs> Boys, whatever happens next, it's truly been my life's greatest adventure. Cheers. Cheers. Your mugs clank as the Drake Knights barge into the doors, jump into the windows, blades drawn. The captain steps in with a bloodthirsty look in his eyes that quickly turns to surprise as he sees, resting on the table in the center of the barn, a device simply playing a recording of your past conversations using the instant spy device Tuff took from the crate. The captain feels something beneath his foot, looks down and sees a mine buried under some hay, looks to his soldiers and says, it's a trick, and then it explodes, and the entire barn is destroyed as Drake Knights are incinerated and thrown from the splintering rubble, and Sindor looks down in surprise at the valley as Whisk, Glorm, Ira, Dan, all of the other <laughs> soldiers from Karos, the, the loyal Drake Knights, bust out of the cellar. Ira says, we need to keep them distracted so Digsby's crew can take care of Sindor. And Whisk and Glorm says, oh yeah, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Are you ready, Glorm? Are you ready to kill? Oh yeah, let's do it. And they all start screaming as they charge into the valley. Sindor looks to his soldiers and says, Kill them all. Leshies jump from the tree, gliding. The centipedes crawl into the valley. The Drake Knights sprint down the hill and meet Whisk, Lorm, the soldiers, Ira, and this epic battle ensues. Jules, yeah, sir. you peek around from behind the tree you've been observing Sindor from and see him patiently standing there looking down at this battle almost as if he knows this is some sort of distraction and the real reason he's here will soon reveal themselves as you just watch this ley line infused energy exhausting from the cracks in his body you don't know what happened exactly but it looks like he somehow managed to absorb some of it in the explosion that should have killed him and can tell He's imbued with some sort of unnatural power, but it almost looks like it's even killing him in this very moment. What do you do? I'll step out. How far away is he? 50 feet. Uh, I'll just start walking towards him, and I'll say, How does it feel to see everything you've so meticulously built over all this time crumble so quickly at the hands of a crew led by a humble old halfling? As you say that, he grunts. and looks towards you and you see the green energy within him flare for a moment as your words stir anger within him and he looks at you and says by the time this day is over no one will experience more loss than you you may have killed my drakes destroyed my Arkanor but what I have built what I have done 
its effects will ripple through Kaldora until its looming fate finally reveals itself. Then you can die here tonight, knowing that Digsby's crew will not rest until we've undone all the evil that you've inflicted on Kaldora. Be careful what you wish for, Azarketi. Dying at my hands might be more merciful than what will come if you defeat me here. And waltz behind an adjacent tree, 30 feet away that you've crept up to. You see Jules confronting Sindor. You're under dark clouds, an ominous green light that fills the sky, the only source of light. What do you do? Waltz, like, just finished up putting on his ablative plating onto his shield. He takes out that invisibility potion he got from Dax, pops the cork off, says, here goes nothing, and drinks it. Can you all roll me initiative? Dun, oh, dun, dun. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Are we ready? No turning back. Are we all doing perception initiative, or are we doing different styles? Perception's good. 12. Wait, can I roll again? No. 22. Hey, me too. Nice. 21. And guess who gets to go first, guys? Sindor. No! Sindor clenches his fist, sort of looking at it as it starts to glow. And he says, Well, it appears you are the bravest of Digsby's crew, or just the most eager to die. And he lunges forward. His fist glows with this vibrant green energy as he dashes towards you and he is going to punch Jules. I duck. Oh, dang it, he missed. (laughs) (laughs) Is that in the remaster? Just kidding. There's no way we know the remaster rules. We don't even know the original rules. Does a 25 hit you, Jules? Yes. Oh, oh, poopy. There goes my Digsby. What did he roll, like a two? Jules, what is your fortitude DC? Plus eight. Jules, you quickly try and raise your trident, but as he dashed, exhausting some of his leyline energy, he moved way faster than you could have expected, and the fist hits you square in the chest and erupts with this sonic boom that fractures some of the trees nearby and sends you flying backwards. And you hit the ground and slide after flying backwards 10 feet, and he dealt 12 damage. Yeesh. To you. Here we go. And he shakes his fists as the energy calms itself and he begins to walk towards you. Jules, as you're rolling around on your back and you look up into the clouds thinking, what have you gotten yourself into? Hoping Bigsby's crew follows the plan and bursting out of the dark clouds, you see the expanded wings of Smith with tough on the front and Dax on the back looking over his shoulder. Jules has a huge smile. Hey, bark for brains. Eat lead. Oh, nice. That'll take us to Tuff. Nice. Tuff will whip out his dueling pistol, point it at Sindor, and take fire. His AC is like 10, so you should definitely hit. You heard it here. (laughs) It's official. Um, 16. You fire the shot, and Sindor whips his head up, seeing Smith emerging from the clouds just in time to see you fire his shot, and he raises his hand and creates a brief shimmering force field as your bullet hits and is incinerated. Uh, no, I, that's not what I meant by eat it. <laughs> Use my second action to reload my firearm. Last action, I just want to command Smith. All right, buddy, just keep us within range of 
big old planty guy, okay? Roll me a command an animal check with a plus four circumstance bonus. Make sure this one's a little bit better than last time, <laughs> oh, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, last time you Make did this, you- it just a little bit better. Unlike you guys, I don't you really were being Watch lazy this. about it. Nat one. <laughs> oh, God. Don't right, how even do I lie joke. my way out of this one? Just kidding. I got a 15. All right. Oh, wait, plus four circumstance, so 19. Let's go. Smith lets out a shriek, seeing his friends in need and perfectly positions himself over Sindor. And that'll take us to Dax. All right. Dax is going to pull back his bow aimed at Sindor and let loose an arrow. Roll it up, bro. Get him. Not the best. That is a 16 as well. <laughs> you draw the bow back, release the arrow, it whizzes over Tuff's shoulder. Sindor does the same thing, waving his hand, creating a temporary force field that again incinerates your arrow. Dax, you're supposed to hit him. I know, and Dax will, clenching his fist, uh, it'll glow blue, and he will cast Ray of Frost at Sindor, which has a range of 120 feet. Nice. So I make a spell attack roll. First time I've ever done this. Let's see. Oh, so close. It'll hit, I think. Uh, 26. That hits. His AC is only 26, guys. Takes normal damage. 2d4 plus 2. 2d4? That will be seven damage. Nice. Let's go, baby. Get cold damage. And that is a two action cantrip, so I am done. Tough will jerk his arm out of the way. Whoa, maybe give me a heads up next time you do something like that. Sorry, Tough. I'm still getting used to this. After incinerating your arrow, Sindor cancels the shield, not expecting this ray of frost that you fire out, this icy blue beam that glows brilliantly in this dark environment contrasting against the green and his eyes grow wide as he also tries to channel another shield but it splits through the shield he creates and strikes him in the chest and you see frost and ice cake over his chest and he lets out a grunt and exhausts some of the ley line energy and it melts the ice off of him and he grimaces and that'll take us to jewels as you climb to your feet what do you do we're in a forest, right? You're on, like, the edge of a tree line, so there's, like, some forest on one side of you, and then just open this. Okay. Using the distraction of Tuff and Dax, I'd like to try to hide... All right. You can roll behind a tree or something. That is a 19. So sort of stumbling, you jog over to the tree line, staying low as you see Sindor distracted with these gunshots, these arrow strikes, this ray of frost, and you pin your back up against a tree... While I'm behind the tree, uh, I'd like to just observe him and see if maybe I can learn anything about him, weak points, or understand, like, what's happening to his body or anything like that. Absolutely, yeah. Roll a perception check. If there were, like, glowing red orbs that we could shoot at, that would be great. That's Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, that's a 19. Nice. Okay. Jules, as you're observing Sindor channel these shields, take damage, you notice the glow of the energy within him flares up when he uses an ability but you can tell he's like careful to not overdo it like when he put his shield away even though there might have been another attack almost like the energy is like leaking from him in some way and he needs to be smart about when he uses it and okay his body is containing it in some way Hmm. fascinating and that will end my turn and that'll take us to waltz all right how far away is sindor from me now zach 30 feet 
So I'm invisible now, correct? If you drank an invisibility potion, I would hope so. I would hope so too, but... <laughs> Enough of the sass, Zach. Shut up, Ryan. We're under high stress here. I feel like Zach would be like, well, it was a dud, and he turns around and sees <laughs> you, and then he kicks your ass. It was a potion of belief invisibility. <laughs> you think you're invisible. <laughs> you're only invisible to yourself. <laughs> and I believe it, so I think you're gaslighting me when you tell me I'm not invisible. Waltz will take out his sword, sprint 30 feet to Sindor, and attack him in the back as he's occupied with jewels. Perfect. He is flat-footed to you because you are hidden, so he will take a penalty to his AC. Roll it up. Get wrecked, Sindor. Okay, so 16 plus 10, 26, baby. Nice. You always fall for that decoy trick, don't you? Sindor whips his head around, sees nothing, and then a sword strikes him, penetrating through one of the cracks in his wooden body, releasing some ley line energy as you stab into him. He grunts, what? And you rip the sword out, roll damage. Ooh, hell yeah. So I got uh, 10 damage. You shimmer and reveal yourself to Sindor after completing a hostile action against him. And he looks at you and says, You eager to join your mother, are you? And that'll take us to the armies battling down there. So, kind of wanted to simulate how this fight is going. I've created just a a simple way I'm going to track this. It's a bit of a tug of war. So I'm going to roll a percentage die for the bad guys, and somebody, probably not Ryan, will roll it for the good guys <laughs> amongst pass. you. We could take turns. And <laughs> I have a little tug-of-war thing set up, and if the enemy gets X amount of successes without you getting a success to counter it, sure. certain NPCs are going to die in this battle. Hold on. Hold on. If hold on. We didn't agree Gorm. to this. We didn't agree to this. Hold okay. up. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're being mean for okay, no who reason. Who goes first? <laughs> you Guys, think they're just going to fight giant will, centipedes, fleshies, lizards, quit. and all this stuff and be totally fine? And be fine. Who goes first? Yes, Jules, you go first because you're first in the editing. When I edit your vocal tracks, you're first. So you first. Okay. I'm going to cry if I kill someone during my turn. Oh no. 25. <gasps> that's a percentage. No, that's bad. Wait. <laughs> The armies are clashing I'm sorry, amongst guys. Digsby's orchard. You hear Whisk and Glorm calling out, Keep fighting! Yeah, don't give up! We gotta, we gotta stay strong! Ira's like, fall in line! Stay in formation! You see the soldiers are, are frightened by these monstrosities, the, the formidable soldiers they're up against. They're giving up ground as they start to get surrounded by the enemy forces. They're starting to lose. Now take us to Sindor. Oh no. Sindor looks over his shoulder, realizes he no longer knows where Jules is. (sighs) Looks up, sees Smith, knowing there is two ranged enemies firing at him, and he has Waltz in front of him. Waltz, you can see him calculating in his head, and the energy within him starts to flare and glow, releasing out of his cracks once again. He raises his left hand, extending it all the way, opening his palm, and he fires a blast at a tree. Seems like a random strike, carelessly released, and it hits the trunk of the tree, splintering it, fracturing it, blowing the top off of this tree, 
and in its place you see green ethereal branches start to grow outward into the dark sky overhead its branches disappearing into the dark clouds and you see green energy pulse throughout the clouds no that's not fair and that'll take us to tough tough there's waltz gotta get me to him yeah yeah i'm on it and first action i'll take then is getting within range of waltz i'd like to get 30 feet close to him if i can configure smith to be within 60 feet of jules 30 feet of waltz and as far away from sindor as possible (laughs) that would be the ideal scenario for me zach Okay, you don't exactly know where Jules is, though, because he just went off hiding. Oh, he's hiding? Yeah, so you can get roughly where you think that would be. Um, no problem, you just need to roll me a command and animal check. I'm on it. Crap. that be a four. Oh, my <laughs> God. Smith, avoid Sindor, but get us a little closer to Waltz. Smith chirps back at you, starts to fly, but as this tree meets the clouds, it flashes with lightning for a moment scaring Smith as he veers away from this lightning and he starts to fly off in the wrong direction as he evades the lightning strikes hold on Dax what do you do with your second action getting a little turbulence up here am I still within 60 feet of Sindor yes let's take another crack at him hey Sindor open wide for seconds and I'll take another shot towards him (laughs) 20 nanat reveal his AC Reveal his AC. Tough. You aim your pistol, putting Sindor in your sights, taking careful aim. And as you fire, another lightning strike throws Smith slightly off course, and you shoot, and it goes just over Sindor's shoulder. Even though he wasn't paying attention, didn't have a shield up, and it just whizzes by and strikes the ground. What do you do with your third action? Tough. You you sure you know how to use that thing? The sun was in my eyes, all right? Isn't it nighttime? <laughs> yes. Jules, is that you? <laughs> You're supposed no, to be this is Adam. <laughs> Tough, this is Adam. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use my last action to just try to get back into better positioning like I was trying to do in the first place with Smith. So same thing, just try to get up. Animal handling check less. with a plus four circumstance bonus. Commanded animal, whatever. 15. Right, you calm Smith down, sort of petting at him for a moment. You know, animals, we get each other, that sort of thing. Smith getting better bearings on this lightning, this new situation he is in. Chirps, determined, and veers back into position, getting you closer to Waltz. And that'll take us to Dax. Seeing how well that Ray of Frost worked last time, Dax is kind of just looking down at his hand a little bit. I guess let's try this again. And then he'll cast Ray of Frost again at good old Cindy Orr. A non-natural 20. Let's go. All right. You reach your hand out again. Fire, Ray of Frost. Sindor, thinking about last time when it penetrated his shield, you can tell he charges more leyline energy this time, sticks out both hands and makes a more formidable shield, and the Ray just spreads out across this ethereal shield he created, dissipates, and he retracts the shield, gives you a grin. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. I'll jerk my elbow out of the way again and throw my arms up and look at Dax like, what the heck? Look, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> and um, for my final action, I will lean forward a little bit and pat Smith on the side. It's all right, Smith. That, that light's not going to hurt you. 
You're all right. Doing the aid action for tough for next time he tries to command an animal. Um, give him a little bit of help calming Smith down. Nice. Love it. That'll take us two jewels. Jules will step out from behind the tree, and he'll throw his trident at Sindor. Before he does so, he says, What doesn't kill you disappoints me! And then throws the trident. And that is... What is it? 25. Hey! Get him. <laughs> nice. You step out from behind the tree, say your line, lift the trident up over your head. Sindor whips his head around right as you throw it, and he doesn't get a shield up in time, and it stabs directly into his chest. <laughs> For four damage. Nice. And then I'll call it back, but before it catches into my hand, I'll cast Telekinetic Projectile and send it right back oh, out. Oh, it's so oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> the trident rips out of his chest. You see wood splinters fly everywhere. It gets halfway back to you, and you stick your hand out again and send it with new force behind it. That is the coolest thing in the world. What a combo. Ooh, 26. That hits. Ooh, your damage. work down there. God, so to get a crit, we're going to have to roll like a 31. That's nine damage. He stumbles as it ripped out of his chest. You can see he's taking a moment to regain himself. But as he looks up, he wasn't expecting you to send it back at him again. And it strikes him in the same spot. More splinters fly out. He stumbles backwards. The trident will come back to me once again. And when I catch it, I do a little flip and give him a smirk. And that'll end my turn. That's an awesome turn, dude. (laughs) That'll take us to Waltz. Okay, so I want to, again, swing my sword at Sindor to start. Roll it up, dude. 16. You go to swing your sword, raising it high above your head and bringing a downward strike. And just then, Sindor whips his head around, sends out a burst of leyline energy that strikes your sword and throws it off course. And your sword strikes the dirt. You do it with your second action. Okay, so frustrated with what he's seeing Sindor do to Dax's attacks, to Tuff's attacks, and now to mine. Um, he's going to... I'm going to try and grapple him. I'm going to try and grapple him and take him to the ground. Whoa. All right. Classic vaults. Oh, can I use my hero point? If you want. I got a 17 there. Yeah, I'll use a hero point. Okay, 23. Ooh. You lift your sword out of the dirt, reach out your hand trying to grab onto him. And as you go to grab, he exhausts some energy out of one of the fractures in his body, and it singes your hand, and you are unable to grapple him. Crap. And Sindor looks at you. Eager to die, are we, Waltz? What do you do with your third action? Waltz will cast Everstand Stance then with his shield, gripping it with both hands. You just drop your sword then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then say, let's see what you got. Famous last words. And that'll take us to the army. Who wants to roll... Four. Uh, Let me just get mine out of the way. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. Percentage dice. Traditional fashion. I'll start with the tiny number. You got it. You got it. Uh-oh. Go ahead. You got it. 70. Nice. Yes. Not bad, mm-hmm. not bad, not bad. I was so nervous after I had the zero on the little dice. <laughs> right. Let's see what happens, though. The armies continue to clash. You see Dan... On the front lines. No. With a shield and sword, just like the commander he now idolizes, clashing with a giant centipede. He swings at this centipede. It retracts. It goes to strike back at him. He raises the shield. It breaks his shield. He stumbles. 
backwards and drops his sword crawling on the ground. The centipede opens its mandibles, goes down to devour his face, and just is about to clamp its jaws, Glorm swings his sword Get up! What are you doing, Drake Knight? To your feet! And he goes, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, uh... There'll be plenty of time to apologize later, but for now... Kill them all. <laughs> yeah, do it. Dude, Kill them all, Dan. Get up, Dan. Do it. Kill them. Yes. Oh Glorm is the true leader of the Drake Knights. Glorm. He's the heir. I love Glorm so much. All right, we're now back in a neutral fight. I hope Dan at some point becomes a worshiper of Walt and Walt becomes a deity. <laughs> it could awesome. happen, you know? And that'll take us to the ethereal tree which is now pulsing throughout the sky. Tuff and Dax, as you're hovering in the air, you see the sky growing a brighter green, and lightning lashes out at Tuff and absolutely hits Tuff. Oh, oh. don't even bother asking my AC. Yeah, bother. What'd you roll? Uh, like a 27. No. That's not, that's not even that good. Yeah. I don't even care, really and deals nine electricity damage as it strikes him in the air. You see it running up his metal body. Dax, you like rear back whoa, as the whoa. electricity is shocking all around you. You're right, uh, tough. Oh God, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's short-circuited. <laughs> Jules, you then see a ethereal branch coming down from one of these trees and it extends and it is going to swing at you. Oh my! Jules, does an 18 hit you? It does not. Oh my goodness. So you see this ethereal branch coming at you. Notice it just in time, sliding on your knees, doing a matrix-like leaning backwards as it scrapes over your head and wraps back around and you stand back to your feet. That was too close. And Waltz you see the sky glow green as well, and it is also going to fire electricity at you. It can try. And it fires downwards. You notice just in time, put the shield above your head, and it strikes your shield, and electrical sparks fly off of it in all directions. You're going to have to try harder than that. And that'll take us to Sindor. As you lower the shield back down, you see him staring directly at you with his fist charging. You can cower behind that all you want, Waltz. It won't do you any good. Waltz, does a 20 hit you? Nope. Oh, <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> you brace behind your shield. It impacts, sending out a sonic boom in all directions. You dig your heel in, sliding subtly, but all damage is dissipated. Lower your shield slightly and see his face with hatred burning in his yellow eyes and you see him grow frustrated as all the energy pulses within him and he lets out a mighty yell and energy exhausts out of his body lightning fractures into the sky as he casts fear okay interesting waltz and Jules, since you are within 30 feet of Sindor, having a front row seat to this frightening, menacing display, 
revealing this incredible power that you guys must defeat. And even after all your efforts, he seems very alive and well. Can you roll me a will save? I will. Ha! I also will. 22. Ooh. 10. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Waltz, you fail this check and become what? frightened too. Jules, oh, you no. critically oh, no. fail this check and become <gasps> oh. frightened three. No way. Waltz, beyond this physical display he's done, you can feel the magic radiating from what he's doing. Fill your body. You feel your muscles grow weak. You doubt your abilities. You wonder who will die in this battle as you have done your best to keep everyone alive but have encountered nothing but heartache along the way. Jules, you feel this same emotion stirring within you and as this magic warps your mind, you feel this compulsion overtake you, something you cannot control that's just repelling you away from this fight as if you staying here is guaranteed death, guaranteed failure, and there's nothing you can do about it but run and the magic overtakes you as you find yourself running from Sindor. No, no, no. You will be fleeing for one round, and you are in Frightened 3, and Waltz, you're in Frightened 2. Let me just read how that works real quick. You're gripped by fear and struggle to control your nerves. The Frightened condition always includes a value. You take a status penalty equal to this value to all your checks in DCs. So that's anytime you roll a D20, you're going to take your Frightened condition as a penalty. All your DCs, that includes your AC, is reduced by your Frightened condition. And at the end of each of your turns, your Frightened value reduces by one. Mm, interesting. Waltz will try and stand his ground, but go about of fear. And that'll take us to tough. Dax, we better start making a difference in here, otherwise it's going to be pretty embarrassing after this battle. I'm with you. Get us in there. Hang on a second. I think I can reroute this. And Tuff will reach into his forearm compartment, turn a little gizmo gadget, reroute the electricity that was just sent through his body, and he's going to go into overdrive. What? Which is an inventor skill. Um, I do have to roll for it, so... Oh, I got 28. Nice. <laughs> nice. Critical success. Critical success. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I imagine the like power of this ethereal tree zapping me, like Ooh. allowed my overdrive to go into like extra burnout mode or something. Sure. You know? We rerouted it. That's awesome. So after I turn these gizmos within my forearm, you can just kind of see this like energy sort of build up within my abdomen where my core is held. And then that energy spreads throughout the rest of my body. Uh, you okay, Tuff? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. (laughs) Uh, And with that, for a minute, so I might actually have to keep track depending on how long this battle goes for. Ten rounds. Because I went into, I did a critical success, my strikes deal an additional damage equal to my intelligence modifier. Heck yeah. Sick, dude. And then after I say that, I spin my gun and throw another round in really quick. Last action, I turn to Dax. Dax, what do you say we get you in there? Let's go. So, Zach, what I want to do is I kind of want to do, like, a flyby and see if I can get Smith to maybe get within 20 feet of Sindor as we fly over him. Yes, you can put Smith within 20 feet if you do a command and animal check. I can do that, I think. I hope. 22. Yes. Sick. That's a success. All right, Smith, we're getting Dax right over Sindor. 
Get close, but not too close. You hear me? Smith snorts with determination, swoops down, hovers 20 feet over Sindor, and that'll take us to Dax. All right. As as we get closer to to Walt and Sindor, Dax's going to reach into his bag for that scroll, um, that enlarged scroll that we got from the supply crate, and he is going to cast said spell on Walt's. All right. Uh, it lasts for five minutes. What spell is this? Oh, this is yeah. enlarge. The target <laughs> grows to size large. Its equipment grows with it and returns to natural size if removed. Um, the creature is clumsy one. Its reach increases by five feet, and it gains a plus two status bonus to melee damage. That's awesome. Dax, you pull out the scroll. As you look upon it, the words scribbled upon this scroll with the commands on how to use the spell begin to glow. Your eyes glow as well, giving you an understanding of how to cast this spell. And as you speak the words, you see Waltz growing taller as his muscles bulge. His equipment grows with him as well. He Mm. begins to tower over Sindor himself. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What? All right, Dax, it's a two-action spell. What do you do with your one remaining action? Dax is going to kind of clap his hand on the back of Tough's shoulder. Thanks for the ride, buddy. Hike a leg over and leap off of Smith down onto Sindor. Nice. Dax, you jump off of Smith, falling through the air onto Sindor and land behind him. So that's a fall of... 20 feet, but you have catfall, right? So we're going to treat that as 10 feet, which means you're going to take bludgeoning damage equal to half the distance that you fell. So as you thud on the ground, you take five bludgeoning damage as you superhero land behind Ah! Sindor. He looks over his shoulder. Mm, The one who destroyed my Arkanoir. Darn right. And you're next. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) And that'll take us to... Jules. Jules, because of Sindor's fear spell, you are forced to flee for this entire round, so you must use each of your actions trying to escape the source of your fear. So you must use all of your move actions to run as far from Sindor as you can, as you're hallucinating, envisioning nothing but death around you, feeling like you have to get as far away from this situation as you can as this magic warps your mind. No. No, no one else. There can't be anyone else. No one else can die. That'll take us to Waltz, who has now grown in stature, has just seen Dax aid him, flanking Sindor on the opposite side. You're feeling invigorated with power. What do you do? How much bigger am I than him now? I'd say you're about three feet taller than him. Okay, so I I guess I'll just, since I'm in Everstand stance... I will use Everstand Strike. Do a little shield bash. Roll it up. Um, 17. You go to bash your shield that is now larger as well. Sindor sticks his hand out, the branches of his fingers growing in size, giving him a wide grip that absorbs your shield, and he pushes it back at you, smirking. <sighs> Waltz will think back to his previous fight against Boric his last formidable foe and how he needed to use his sword. So he'll try and find it on the ground and pick it up. You look down, you see your sword, you kind of hook your foot under it, kick it up in the air and grab it with your other hand. What do you do with your last action? I'll raise my shield back up for my last action. 
Alright, you go into a formidable battle stance, sword at your side, shield raised, and that'll take us to the army. Who wants to roll for the army? Oh no. I'll do it. Uh, Joel's turn. Let's go, Joel. Come on, Joel. Alright. Let's get it, let's get it. I got my big dice tower that I don't use anymore because it's too loud, but I'm going to do it for this one (laughs) because it's important. Ow, my ears. (laughs) 81. Woo! Let's go. Nice. Nice. (laughs) As Whisk and Glorm revel in this opportunity to kill with bloodlust in their eyes, they start slicing through Drake Knights. Yes, take that. Man, killing is awesome, Glorm. I know, I know. It's so cool. Uh, Dan is like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like stabbing guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ira's yelling out commands to the soldiers from Karos. Stand steady. Keep fighting. And they're nodding at her. And as they begin to charge, a swarm of these giant lizards start to dogpile onto many of the soldiers from Karos. They start to get slightly overrun. I rolled an 87. Suck it. No. No. Come on. No way. (laughs) And that'll take us to the tree, which is again pulsing in the sky and fires a bolt out at Sindor. And it strikes Sindor in the back and charges him with some ley line energy and restores some of his hit points. What the heck? Oh, crap. As he gets reinvigorated with power, looking up into the sky, exhaling green ley line energy out of his nostrils. And he looks at Waltz, who is now towering over him, and says, If it's a showdown you want, it's a showdown you'll get. And he punches his fist into the ground as you see a splinter of green energy that fractures outwards and then starts to carve a circle in the ground around him and Waltz, which Dax is also standing on, and the ground begins to tremble, and a pillar of earth emerges from the ground and sends you skyward Uh, on a 15 by 15 foot platform that is now 50 feet in the air. And that is where we'll end. Okay, let's go to the downtime right now. (laughs) That is nuts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, everybody shut up because we're going to go yeah, to the downtime. Yeah, shut up already. Yeah, everyone oh, shut up. Yeah, shut I up, think we're Zach. all on the same page. No, I think we all want to shut up because we all want to talk about it. You know what? I'm tired of you. What is this? 20, yeah, stand, we're standing up against episodes. tyrants just like okay, yeah, you yeah, yeah. telling okay, us guys, to shut guys, up. Guys but, guys, but remember, there's a new thing we're going to do in these send-offs. Remember, we talked about this, okay? You know, normally I thank all you guys and tell you a great job with all your work and stuff like that. And I still want to do that, but I'm going to do that in a new way now. And I just want our okay. audience to know that we really appreciate all the ratings, reviews, and comments. And mm-hmm, it's what mm-hmm. really like invigorates us, gets us motivated, makes us want to keep going. Because like this is, we have a ton of fun doing this, but it's a lot of work. And when we read these things, you know, it's just that little boost of motivation we need. And just to say oh, yeah. thank you to you guys, uh, every episode we want to take a moment to read, you know, a couple comments that we found on YouTube, Reddit, uh, just reviews we found on the various podcast platforms. Just to say thank you and let you know that we see them and they mean a lot to us. And then also just as a way to thank the crew and get us all motivated. Uh, So I'm not necessarily picking ones that 
I think are better than other ones. I'm sort of picking them at random, uh, and we're just going to read a couple of them. Uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're if you out there reading comments, writing reviews, you might hear them read on here and just, you know, uh, we really appreciate it. So the first one I'm going to read, and also I don't know if people want me to, like, say their usernames, so I'm just going to always <laughs> botch their usernames, I decided. Okay? So this guy's like name is... Uh, this guy's name is Gary the Happy Man. <laughs> and, oh, totally uh, botched. Apparently, I decided. And he wrote us an awesome review on Apple Podcasts. By the way, I love that all the podcast platforms where you can write reviews. Like, I love mm-hmm. reading these, so thank you guys so much. And he wrote, Mortals and Portals is the holy grail of TTRPG podcasts with a wildly talented group of friends who play Aww. like you're sitting in at their Friday thank night you. session. Wow. The characters are deep, each feel alive and unique. The cast are so invested in the story and so good at yes and each other that in only a handful of episodes you feel like you've been along for the ride for years these guys are bound by the rules they see the rules as a framework to build a story and my goodness can they build i could go on and on about the world building the flow of the story or quality of the production but i don't want to spoil anything listen to the first few episodes and if you aren't hooked then maybe ttrpg podcasts just aren't for you because this is the epitome of well done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, Gary, the wow. happy Thank man. You. Thanks, yeah. Silly Gary. We play dude, on Wednesdays. Not we see these reviews, we screenshot them and send them to each other. Like, dude, isn't this just like the coolest thing ever? So yeah, like seriously, That's amazing. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. And another thing we do is like sometimes we'll do like a term search on like Reddit or Facebook just to see if anyone's like talking about the show or if we need to clarify anything and swoop in and you know because sometimes they'll be like these guys don't know the rules and then I gotta be like hey we're like working on it and we get better so you know <laughs> like please give us a break we're busy anyway be nice and the other day I was doing it and I stumbled on one by a guy named uh, again butchering the names on purpose his name is uh, white uh, white fence. <laughs> Flan flangel. Like <laughs> <My> flangel. <laughs> that's what I came up with. I thought I'd be better at like improvising a made up name that's like different from the real name. Yeah, his name's White Flangel. Uh, good, uh, cool name. Yeah, and there was a Reddit post where apparently they post like links to other TTRPG podcasts. And uh, like we weren't on this. So this guy jumped on and he said, Hey, Mortals and Portals took a break from their main campaign last week to play an origin episode for one of the PCs. I'm not sure how big a podcast needs to be to be added to this list, or if they have to play Adventure Paths, since this is a homebrew world. And the guy read that comment and said, oh yeah, homebrews are great, I'll add them to the list, thank you so much. So thank you, uh, White Flangel, for going out there, advocating for Mortals and Portals, making sure we're on this list, dude. Like, that is so cool, we really appreciate that stuff. know who you're talking about, so (laughs) shout out to the Discord. Yeah, shout out to this guy, this guy's awesome. Um, Yeah, I don't know if he wants us to dox him. I know we dox me every episode, but... Yeah, I don't want to dox you guys, but seriously, Come on, like Zach or SD. he lives at four three two one Bluegrass Tallgrass Lane. Mm. Whenever there's a post out there and someone's like, "Hey, what actual play show let's do?" and you guys go out there and you're like, "Listen to this show," like blah blah blah, and there's all the reasons why. That's what makes the show grow. So thank you guys. So we just want to do this every episode and uh, you know let you know we see that stuff. So we appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time, morals. Give us a webby already. I'm so yeah. glad I understand what's happening now. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So makes no sense. I was waiting oh, for like when I flip it and I when I finally described like what happens, I was gonna be like, Do you understand now, right? <laughs> I just don't think people will get it. <laughs> Watch me still not.